Good Powerhouse Politics. I'm ABC News Chief White House Correspondent Jonathan Carl. And I'm ABC News Political Director Rick Klein. I am coming to you from White House grounds. I was in the Oval Office today witnessing something that I never thought I would witness in my lifetime. Donald Trump sitting next to Barack Obama in the Oval Office. You thought you'd never witness it? How, I, how about how about Donald Trump? Wait, how about President Obama, who just this week called Donald Trump uniquely unqualified for the job, who had his birth status actively questioned, who read mean tweets about him, taunting him about how he'd never be president uh, just a couple of weeks ago? Th- what an extraordinary scene. And, John, I should note for our listeners, you're going to go down in the history books as the first man ever to ask a question of Donald Trump in the Oval Office. Yeah, this this was something else. Uh, they went through. They they made their comments, and let me tell you. Um, before we got to the question, I heard, and I, and I swear this is true. You can check me on this. I heard President Obama uh, say that uh, that he was committed to a, a a successful transition of power and a successful. Uh, President uh, Trump will mean a successful. Uh, will mean success for America. I mean, they, 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 this was. total words of reconciliation from Barack Obama towards Donald Trump. And then I heard Donald Trump say that he wants to seek the counsel. He will seek the counsel of President Obama and that they plan to have many, many, many more meetings. They met for 90 minutes. So when it was all over, um, President Obama uh, pronounced that there would be no questions. Of course, everybody was shouting questions in 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 the pool. Um, but I waited for the questions to die down, and then I figured if President Obama wasn't going to answer a question, I could maybe President-elect Trump. So I, I gave it a try. Take a listen. Come on, guys. So Mr. Trump, you'll seek his yeah, counsel? Come on, guys. seek his counsel? Let's go. Very, very good man. Thank you, Very guys. good man. Appreciate you. So basically, I wanted to know, was he serious? Is he really going to seek the counsel of Barack Obama? And uh, the answer, the answer you heard was quite emphatic that he believes that Obama is a very good man, a very good man. That's it's, not the impression I had during the campaign. I, I think it's fair to say that is not the impression that he left his voters with. I wonder what his base would, would say about that right now. But there's something even broader here, John, which is that the swamp that is Washington, D.C., that Donald Trump said he would drain, ha- has a big red carpet laid across it this week. A- and Donald Trump has decided to actually wipe his shoes on the mat before he even walks in the door. They are all on their best behavior. It's just so striking after the campaign. You know, the campaigns are always nasty, but this was another level of, of nasty. And Donald Trump ran through both party establishments, starting with, of course, President Obama, with his whole political rise based on the birther movement that he fanned the flames of. So now to hear this talk, John, how long does it last? I don't know, but frankly, as an American citizen, uh, as an observer of all this, there is something incredibly reassuring. Uh, Cynically, we could say this won't last long, but for right now, uh, it is incredibly reassuring to hear words of reconciliation and graciousness from Hillary Clinton uh, in her loss, from Donald Trump in his victory, and from President Obama. Uh, It's really really something else. It, It comes... With the backdrop of mass protests around the country, uh, people who are carrying signs saying, not my president, and I, I, I don't expect those protests will go away anytime soon. Um, but I also asked another question here today at the White House of uh, 
Press Secretary Josh Earnest. Uh, take a listen to this. I just want to ask you what the president's thoughts are. He said just on Monday, Donald Trump is temperamentally unfit to be commander in chief, uniquely unqualified. Does he still believe that? Uh, look, the, the president's views haven't changed. He stands by what he said on the campaign trail. He had an opportunity to make his argument. He made that argument vigorously. He made that argument in states all across the country. Uh, but the American people decided the election is over. The president didn't get to choose his successor. The American people did. And they've chosen President-elect Trump. And President Obama is determined to preside over a transition uh, that gives the incoming president the opportunity to get a running start. So even as the president is graciously offering a helping hand to Donald Trump in the transition, uh, nobody's really taking back anything that was said. I mean, we, we you know, President Obama standing by those words during the campaign. We, of course, I don't think we'll ever hear quite an apology from uh, from Donald Trump for the whole birther episode, even as he's now saying that President uh, Obama is a very, very good man. But, you know, uh, at least for now, they're on their they're on their best behavior. And even Speaker Ryan, who famously oh, refused yeah. to endorse, uh, sits there right next to Donald Trump. He, by the way, had the same advice for Donald Trump. Don't answer any questions. But he did say the words, make America great again. We're gonna Wasn't make that amazing? Oh, wow. I mean, my goodness, the slogan that is taken over Washington. And, John, it, it says to me. That there's a window here for Donald Trump. And I, 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 we've been around long enough. We're, none of us is naively going to predict on this show or elsewhere that there's an era of good feelings that will prevail and Donald Trump will heal Washington and bring it all together. This isn't going to last. Of course it's not going to last. That, but, but he has a, more of a mandate than I think anyone would have, would have guessed, either nominee would get. And I think he'll have some willing partners on the edges of things to even, yes, even find some bipartisanship, depending on the tone that he strikes back. When you hear what's being said right now by official Washington, the welcome that they're giving here, this could be something. This could be something real for him to jump on. Well, look, if you, if you listen to what Donald Trump said in his victory speech, what he chose to emphasize, he talked about infrastructure spending, about rebuilding America in, in, in a literal sense. This is something Democrats can strongly support. During the campaign, Donald Trump actually talked about spending more federal dollars on infrastructure than even Hillary Clinton did. I don't know what his fellow Republicans may think of that, but I imagine he's going to have some latitude, certainly in the beginning, and that is something he will find Democratic partnership on. He also emphasized doing right by our veterans. No specifics. I don't know exactly what he had in mind, but again, the ultimate bipartisan issue. So Donald Trump does have the potential here to start out with uh, at least some items that could potentially have uh, a, a broad bipartisan support. And if he's going to go a little bit left on the spending, he can help his conservative flank by putting up a Supreme Court nominee in replacement you know, of uh, Merrick Garland, uh, a Supreme Court nominee that, that, that conservatives will cheer. There is the potential, Rick, uh, for uh, a successful start to this administration, even in its dealings with Capitol Hill, where Donald Trump to this moment has had very, very few friends. And one question to me, John, is you have a, a base that is fervent in its desire to see some deliverables immediately. Uh, th there'll be some key questions for him at the very outset. And the first time he takes any questions at all of substance beyond what you asked him, John. Of course, yes, you'll go yes, down in history. But yes. the second and third questions, perhaps, will be along the lines of, 
uh, do you will you still appoint a special prosecutor to go after Hillary Clinton? Uh, will you uh, will you repeal Obamacare immediately? He's thinking about where he prioritizes things and what he does on day one. Is there going to be a Muslim man? Will you start building that wall without the approval of Congress and without? getting Mexico to pay for it on the front end. Those are the kind of choices he can make, and he can choose to be confrontational or not. And, and it may be that Donald Trump has more sway over his political base than any recent president and, and has more flexibility to say, look, guys, I delivered this for you, so give me some time while I work on an actual replacement for Obamacare. If he governs in a way that would be so vastly different from the hot rhetoric and the, the quick trigger of campaigning, that's how you start to turn his shocking demographic victory into real governing victories. By the way, uh, some more of the atmospherics here today at the White House just so happens to be uh, the day that the Cleveland Cavaliers are here to uh, celebrate with the president their championship. John Kasich here along uh, with the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, to, to join in that celebration. So you have John Kasich, LeBron James, Donald Trump and Barack Obama all, you know, on the White House grounds today, really something else. <laughs> and then, you know, the way this works, as, as you know, Rick, uh, I happen to be in the Oval Office today because ABC is what was the network pool, which meant we got, uh, you know, our cameras to go in and one and one person on an editorial presence uh, for this uh, this this basically a photo op with with uh, the incoming president and the outgoing president. But um, it was uh, it was something else because this meeting went an hour and a half. Nobody expected it would go that long. So they brought us out near the colonnade, you know, the famous colonnade in the right. Rose Garden to wait to go in to be, to be escorted into the Oval Office. But we waited and we waited and we waited. I was out there for about an hour next to the Rose Garden waiting to go into the Oval Office. And while I was out there, I noticed a couple of things. First, I saw some Trump staffers, um, in, in, including the uh, the guy that heads up Trump's advance, and um, his, one, one of his top security people, uh, and uh, uh, Dan Scavino, his his digital uh, his digital guru. And I saw them. I caught them out of the corner of my eye, uh, taking photographs of themselves <laughs> in that in that selfies. Yeah, yeah. Basically, in, in, in that in that you know that colonnade where you've right. seen so many presidents uh, walk down, and then. I saw Jared Kushner, uh, Ivanka, Mr. Ivanka Trump, and of course one of the top advisors uh, to, to to Donald Trump. I saw him with Dennis McDonough, the president's chief of staff, uh, and they walked around the South Lawn. They walked around a couple of times. Uh, it, it, it's a walk that McDonough has talked about doing frequently with President Obama when they when they have to make big and important when the president has to make a big and important decision. He often wants to take a walk around. Uh, the, the South Lawn finds it, it, it's a way for him to kind of clear his head and, and to consider the issues. So it was really amazing to watch the two of them, the president's most important advisor and the incoming president's most important or one of his most important advisors, just the two of them with a Secret Service agent walking several paces behind them, but just the two of them walking and talking around the South Lawn. That's a transition, too. And and what a fascinating one. Now, whatever job Gary Kushner does or doesn't get, he'll, you know, the lots of speculation, does he become the new White House chief of staff? That tells you something very important about the culture of what the Trump White House is likely to look like. He is not 
going to be looking for Washington insiders, old Washington hands. Uh, he, he is not going to populate that White House with a whole lot of outsiders, I would predict. These are going to be people that he finds to be loyalists. You can look for very big positions for people that are with him from the start, up to and including his family. And uh, maybe you have to go back, let's think it through, but you may have to go back to, to JFK to find anything even roughly equivalent, the way that he leaned on his brother as attorney general to find that kind of family connection. Any other ones that you can think of? Uh, I, I believe you, you would have well, seen... Well, I'll give you one other one. I yeah. mean, not for a position in the, in the uh, you know, formal position in the White House, but... But uh, George Herbert Walker Bush uh, relied relied a bit uh, in terms of campaign uh, advice and 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 maybe a little bit more on on his one of his sons. I don't know if you know the guy George W. Bush. Yeah, I don't know about that. Uh, yeah, I've, I've heard uh, him you know before. famously it was George W. Bush who encouraged his father to fire his uh, then chief of staff uh, John Sununu, but 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 not nowhere near to the extent that we've seen. I mean Jared Jared Kushner, uh, you know, is arguably was Donald Trump's most important yeah. advisor through his campaign. Uh, certainly Don Jr. and Eric and Ivanka were also, in, to varying degrees, important surrogates uh, and, and advisors. I, I, I don't know that any of them will actually get a formal role in the White House. So you, you certainly won't see a cabinet pick going to any of them. Because uh, Since the Bobby Kennedy uh, situation, the, the, the Congress has, has thrown a few roadblocks up from yeah. you know, appointing a, 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 a Direct family member into your uh, into your cabinet, but 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 I, there's no question that they will continue to re- remain very important advisors. Another, another historical analogy might be David Eisenhower, who married yep. uh, who, who married uh, Pat, uh, 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 Pat Nixon uh, early on, I believe, in the Nixon presidency, and was was a close advisor. But I, I just think it's such a different style, such a such a culture clash that you, you, to to see these two men with their two different styles now meeting in the Oval Office and what. Donald Trump's official Washington is likely to look like. Uh, I, I felt like today, his first day in Washington was a day of formalities and pageantries that would be utterly unexpected in any other political year. But this year are just unbelievably jarring. Uh, it just it, it, the, the nation moment needs a moment of quiet. But I don't think I expected it. And if you look at now everything that Donald Trump has done since election, uh, since his election, uh, it, it has been for lack of a better word, presidential. Uh, he hasn't yeah. done anything out of step with what you would expect someone to do who was just elected president of the United States. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the big question is where we go from here. But, but Rick, I'm going to jump back out there. Because where are you going? Is, oh, there. Is, oh, yeah. <laughs> this is a pretty crazy day at the White House. Uh, the, uh, the Cavaliers are still here. Um, <laughs> see, just see if you can get LeBron on the record on this whole Trump thing. Maybe he, see if he stands uh, by what he said. I'd like to see LeBron, who was a key person on the campaign trail in the end. Uh, didn't, help, uh, didn't help Hillary very much in Ohio. But, uh, but I'll go also check and see if we can get a hold of John Kasich. If we can, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll bring it for you t- tomorrow. But uh, Absolutely extraordinary days here, and I'm, I'm glad to see the Powerhouse Politics podcast is still here. David Rind and Robin Gratison helping us to, to, to produce this thing and getting on the air. All right. Thanks for listening.